0: Minnesota murders captivate America, Battlestar Galactica finds a dirty new home, and there can be only one Christopher Lambert. This week on 302010!
1: 302010, here we go again, analyzing decades, hitting with our friends, those with different
0: Welcome once again to 302010, a weekly look back at what happened in movies, music, TV, and video games 30 years ago, 20 years ago, and 10 years ago. Indeed. So that means 1986, 1996, and 2006, the worst year of all time. But uh, I'm one of your hosts, Brett Elston, joined by our usual rotisserie. Chris
2: Antiston.
3: Hey, good man. Oh, and
4: Henry Gilbert, hey. Ah.
2: I officially have a good way to to how I think about this now. This Uh is, think of an episode of Twilight Zone, (laughs) and... uh, you have inherited a TV set. It uh-huh. doesn't show channels. It shows a window into the past. There are three <laughs> channels. 30, 20, yeah.
4: 10. Uh, mm. As a callback to our previous episode mm. about the Chicago Bears in 86, mm. their, their Super Bowl win, the Bears. The Bears. Uh, the okay. Bears. Got it. Got it. Uh, watch, guys, watch the 85 Bears documentary that's on ESPN because they cover the exact same thing we did, which is Everybody was excited for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. One day later the Challenger explodes. Nobody cares about who won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. It's it's uh. really interesting just from that level. It's a great it's a great documentary.
0: And on a note of uh, referencing past episodes, the last episode we talked about uh, pretty in pink and one of the top songs 86 was Mr. Mr. Kyrie. Mhm. Right. And we were like, "What is the name, Kyrie? song I looked or, it
3: up. I was right. Yeah. So
0: yeah, numerous people jumped in to say, "Like, I it so means, proud of
3: myself." Lord
0: have mercy. It's
2: official. I do too many of these things because, like, I just saw a <laughs> random word. This means this, Chris. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Where did I ever say that? I, this yeah.
3: is this is like part of a long-standing tradition with me of being the. Jew in the room that knows way more about everyone else's religions than <laughs> the people who were brought up in them.
4: I right. I wasn't brought up in any, so I. I, I, I don't know
3: I, where that comes from or oh, what. But... So
4: that explains I had a friend named Kyrie in high school, too. And I huh. fr- so I just roommate in, his name then.
0: Unless Hyrule counts. If that, <laughs> if that counts, then yeah, I know a
2: lot about that. That was the last episode. Uh, Previous so, episode. So we're in
0: 1986 right now. Really? Uh, speaking of the Challenger, mm-hmm. uh, for news, March 10th. So this is uh, the sequence of March 4th through the 10th mm. of 1986. Uh, March tenth, thirty years ago, NASA announces searches have found searchers have found the remains of the Challenger crew, a hundred feet Oof. below the oh surface God. of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, we did discuss the Challenger. We played some audio from that, and all of us were alive for it. So it kind of hit home for that. Sounds um, like
2: that missing Korean jet mixed with patriotism. Yeah.
0: <laughs> So uh, they said they
2: wouldn't comment
0: on the state of the bodies or who they found. Uh, Bob Ebeling, the engineer, carried the guilt of this for 30 oh. years. Oof. And strangely enough, like when the 30th anniversary happened, uh, mm-hmm. he was in the news recently yeah. in 2016 uh, getting a bunch of listeners' uh, letters from everybody and actually have this clip from NPR. The story is heartbreaking. Yeah. Really
3: yeah. Is. Hundreds of NPR listeners responded after hearing a story we aired last month about the 30th anniversary of the Space Shuttle Challenger explosion ocean in which seven astronauts died the story featured 89 year old bob ebling he was an engineer for nasa contractor morton thiokol he tried to stop the challenger launch and his failure to do that he told us continues to haunt him
0: but thankfully a lot of letters <laughs> and a lot of people finally told him it's not your fault man it's not
4: your fault it was man. beautiful it to hear it him him say. like he's an well he was also one of the uh at first unidentified people who spoke to NPR to break yeah. the news like right. this was preventable mm-hmm. and we could but we didn't prevent it and yeah. and yeah when it is on his side like there was nothing more he could do I think he yeah. did everything he could do if the Reagan administration and the NASA people over were like this has to launch we can't delay again yeah then what more can one scientist do yeah uh it, there's just yeah. that
2: base thing of... You did defy God and shoot a giant fireball up into space that <laughs> eventually exploded. And like, God maybe,
4: wanted us to fly, he give it us wings. Maybe, <laughs> but just
2: maybe you know... Nature doesn't want you to do that, and you know the chances yeah. are that this could happen every time you do it. You know, nature didn't
4: want
0: you to make final look. Cuts, I'm uh, not do final not, cut. Projects do not bring either, this <laughs> down to a Glenn or
2: Glenda situation with me. That is not what I'm talking it about. But but the risk is there.
4: Also, God doesn't want you to smoke space sticks either. Exactly. exactly. Um, like he vaporizer. told he told
2: you repeatedly.
0: Uh, March sixth, painter
2: Georgia O'Keeffe dies at age ninety
4: eight. Oh. Oh. R I wow. P. Vaginas. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's famous for painting painting. Portraits of flowers, flowers. that are... Samons and yeah. pistols. And that
3: sometimes are cow fally. skulls. Lots of cow skulls, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. Do you like in the cow Southwest. Skulls? Why just, do you like cow skulls? You know, just know. trying to broaden this from our usual that's good like, that's let's good. get obsessed hey, with vaginas what happened though? on Mr. Bilvedere <laughs> hey this is shit this hey. is shit you'll see in a museum you can impress yeah. someone we mm-hmm.
0: talked about him once <laughs> and we will not we will not bring him up again until the show is cancelled oh. Uh movies uh, for 1986 this week as we discussed last week Pretty in Pink released so this week for this 4th through the 10th of mm-hmm. March Pretty in Pink is number one you can yeah. listen to the prior episode Same. for the full discussion on that uh, Although, we actually closed the show with uh, you
3: know I, I have to say I listened back to it and I know we we crap pretty hard on Pretty in Pink yeah um, And I kind of went back and looked at it. It was like, why does every girl my age love this movie so mm. much? And I realized we were looking at it from Ducky's point of view and what a sad dorky is. Right. From, from Molly Ringwald's point of view, I start to get it. Two different guys really care about her. Mm. One of them is her best friend. She can't do anything about that. But the other one is willing to... Breathe his social cast and break away from all his dick friends just for the love of her. Though, I see. There you go. No, that's
2: we, very. That's almost like timeless and Renaissance.
3: We didn't yeah, mention last time that's, though that the yeah, people love
4: it. The original ending was Ducky gets the girl, and yep. the uh, test audiences hated it so much. <laughs> They reshot it to have the the other guy go I want
2: it with the rich guy. Get rid of all those clothes she made. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but out this week, uh, for new movies, a movie called Miracles with Christopher
4: Lloyd. This
2: looked like the weirdest thing. We just watched the trailer of this. Weird barcal
4: like I don't know what it was. It looked like romancing the stones slash War of the Roses. But starring nobody.
2: Yeah, but a divorced couple that goes on a cross continent adventure a couple getting divorced who pro- I would guess learns to love one another again yeah, yeah, yeah. throughout this farcical adventure.
0: Yeah. Mm. It's the kind of movie I know if I saw as a kid I would probably love it because yeah. it's very ADD of like they're on a boat they're in the jungle they're mm. in the desert and, like, <laughs> and all the adventures they have.
2: Screaming how they hate one another all the while. Yeah,
0: You dumb broad. Brought- uh, <laughs> so this week also Chris Sleeping Beauty re-releases. Yes. The
2: oh I meant to look into that a little more but um, yeah that was back on the Disney man uh, we were just talking about that somewhere in terms of like physical media mm-hmm. and the the Disney vault is something our generation is more aware of, where like Disney releases every 10 years their videos on uh, home video. It used to be they just released things in a the theater. So, like, right. it, but it was crazy. If you think about Fantasia, Pinocchio, Bambi, those those were released every 6 or 7 years or 13 years in theaters for yeah. 80 years. Yeah. That didn't mm-hmm. stop until we were like little kids.
4: One of the things that makes me feel so old is that I was just old enough, I think I was 4, mm-hmm. but I got to see the last American uh... Theatrical showings of Song of the South. Yeah, I think I did too. Like 86. That, that played in '86, and mm-hmm. I got to see it. Uh, I barely remember any of it. I do remember being very bored by Notch cartoons. Oof, it. Yes,
2: yeah. movie very boring. <laughs> I remember seeing. I would Pinocchio. say that's its biggest sin. Yeah.
4: yeah.
0: But real quick for <laughs> Sleeping Beauty, because
2: it came out originally yeah. what in the '50s or '54. It was. It's. It's sort of. I think it's '54, but it's. It coincides with the launch of Disneyland. Disneyland, oh. uh, yeah. the castle is Sleeping Beauty's because yeah. it was originally an attraction to help promote the film, which mm-hmm. the whole company was struggling building this giant quixotic uh, adventure to mm-hmm. Disney's films he staked everything on it yeah.
1: Yeah. And,
4: and I wrote in a recent article uh, it was seven cartoons that mocked other cartoons mm-hmm. it, around the same time Rocky and Bullwinkle show they did one where they made fu- or around this in the, when the first release of Sleeping Beauty, they even made a cartoon making fun of Sleeping Beauty, and Sleeping Beauty Land yeah. gets opened oh, by the yeah. by the Walt Disney style. Yeah, it, it seemed ridiculous to everyone. Oh yeah. my
3: god, I remember that. And I didn't realize it like, was around the same time.
4: Bring us your Z Z-ticket, tickets, your Z tickets, please. <laughs> and, and when we, when I
2: say like I love the man Walt Disney, it's like everybody told like Please don't do this. Like yeah. you're going to go bankrupt. You're right. doing fine. Just keep doing what you're doing. He's like Nah, this is more interesting. I'll stake everything. I'm going to put an apartment in here so I can stay and watch yeah. it be built. There's
0: and, a great. Uh, I mean, it's obviously, you know, Rapture, Bioshock mm-hmm. level totally. uh, revisionist history, but uh, there is a great, when you're waiting around in like, the what is it, Main Street, USA, yeah. Disney, there's mm-hmm. some point off to the side, not where the presidents are, but like, just, right. you, yeah, to the, the right, world, I think where you just sit and Disney wait. Story. Yeah, and you yeah. just oh, watch sorry. this black and white, and it's like all this footage of when it opened, and everyone said you're wrong, and here's the newspaper yeah. headlines, and blah blah blah.
2: And he had to, he had to, he it's, started the it's, Disneyland it's, show on ABC, so ABC would help co right. uh Disneyland, which uh, whatever you say, we'll give you some money, but you got to make a show about this. And <laughs> Disney would eventually buy ABC yeah. through those routes, like buy them outright. Oh, so funny. Yeah. Right? But, but Sleeping Beauty was re-released, um, and I, I love Sleeping Beauty for a couple reasons. Uh, it, it's the only Disney film with an artistic director so it has a very distinct look and it it uses that um, in a Additional way that was really special back in the '50s, they were playing around with a format called Cinerama, and it was the widest film aspect ratio. I think the Cinerama Dome is still a thing in yeah. in Los Angeles. i think
4: that uh, Tarantino wanted he'd yeah. like to premiere there, and it couldn't. It got beat out. It got shoved out for Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, so mm-hmm. it's like it's
2: it is huge, and I don't believe it was screened theatrically. Like you probably didn't see it like that. It wasn't until the Blu-ray release you got to see. The original uh, Cinerama aspect ratio is so the, wide. Did
3: they do it in full real Cinerama, which is three projectors?
2: Uh, I, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they did because they they built they built like two uh, shorts. There's a Donald Duck short that coincides with that because so they were very much on board with that, te- that new technology. Would that have now.
4: been Ub Iworks? Probably, yeah. He was yeah. super into he was the tech He was super like into that. that
2: he did create Mickey Mouse and it's all of that is super fascinating and like, Dis- like Disney just, that's why it's a fascinating character because he didn't like yeah I'll just make another movie. No, Fantasia was pitched like, now I want 70 speakers all over we're, <laughs> we're going to tour this around because no theater is going to be able to show this. It's- it'll be an okay. event when it comes to town. That was the stuff he was into.
0: It also gave us Maleficent.
2: Maleficent. It's, it's-, it's super important. One of the greatest villains of all time. Time and because of the art style, like it doesn't have the rounded faces mm. of all the other Disney films. Like everybody's super angular, and the backgrounds are yeah, gorgeous. And the Sleeping Blu-ray Day. looks
0: really nice. Uh, so, because this has been re-released so many times. Mm-hmm looking at the wiki now but uh it's the second most successful film released in 1959 really uh can you guess what the number one movie of 1959
3: was 59 is about ben hur yes wow that's why she's here ladies and gentlemen another super widescreen film. yeah Yeah. actually yeah
4: Um, And that one's secretly gay uh that was also it's also interesting
2: because that was all done in this colossal battle to defeat this new thing called television. <laughs> yep. Television could make movies too now, but we can make them more expensive and bigger. and yeah. uh, no,
3: Bigger, bigger, louder, more colorful.
2: Just And the irony is that now we all have widescreen televisions and people get pissed when their movies still show up with letterboxes. What
3: do I pay for this TV uh, for? Yeah. Uh,
2: also out this week,
0: uh, Nomads for Pierce Brosnan <laughs> Demon Weirdo Movie is what I wrote down. Terrible <laughs> it's the like, film. Yeah, the trailer is like, it's a very great 80s trailer uh, with just like, eh. One man, and then something goes wrong, and an ancient secret is revealed. It's definitely totally
4: it. a ca- a Cannon Films type movie. Oh, where he's got a, he's got a beard. He's yeah. got a tough Ooh. guy Chuck Norris beard. Yeah.
0: But my favorite part is the very end of the trailer where uh,
2: they they shout like, "Why you would know Pierce Brosnan?" And the star of Remington Steele, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. Fascinating, but like I, I know what Remington Steel is. I've never seen a frame yeah. of a television show. I know
0: the name and all that, but
3: well, oh, I've seen yeah. a couple episodes. I think, uh, I, I think during this year we'll actually hit the uh, the Pierce Brosnan James Bond the first time attempt off of Remington yeah. Steel. He was oh, this close yeah. so to being. He was having a great year. I mean, Remington Steel was going down in the ratings, and he got offered James Bond, and then. He got fucked over. We'll get to it.
0: Uh, the main movie... Oh, also out this week, Matador with Pedro Almodovar. Oh,
2: wow. He's been making movies that long?
0: Yeah. Oh, That's not even wow.
3: his first movie, but well, it's like one of the first ones that kind of got noticed with uh, Antonio mm. Banderas. Yes. Uh, so so great. Still in España.
4: But, uh, yeah, I... I wish I'd see more Almodovar movies I've only seen like three I think I love, I love Almodovar
3: I, I don't think I've seen a bad one mm-hmm. There's always yeah. something weird in it. What's the one me as an
0: American will
4: know uh, uh,
2: Did he do Vanilla Sky? Was that him?
4: No, no that was Abre Los Ojos' director It was yes, right. the same okay. director as Abre Los Ojos
2: um, Open your eyes, open your eyes. Uh, Habla con ella
3: yeah watch a man walking
2: out of a giant vagina it's a great scene <laughs> uh
3: all about my mother that's that was really good yeah. women on the verge of a nervous breakdown that's a lot of fun
2: tie me up tie me
0: down yep
3: there you Vol go there.
0: well you shouldn't be surprised that I haven't seen these no. I've <laughs> seen that's, too ma too ma too. Tambien. that's as close as it that's, Mexican. that's Mexican
2: that enough is shocking <laughs> that you have seen that
0: it was handed to me and I was told to watch it
2: uh but the big one out
0: this Sexy week... Movie. By
2: who? God, I can't do that with
0: you. No, I've told you this story multiple <laughs> right, times.
4: Right, right. I'm betting a girlfriend.
0: Nope. Yeah. Uh, Random bum on the street. No, it was when I worked at a TV station, and we had such weird hours that every every Monday this guy would bring in a movie, and he's like, just bring it back Friday before we go away for the weekend. And I saw, like, Amores Peros, Y Tu Mama right. Tambien, uh, he's from Honduras, so he just kept bringing me movies that he knew I had never seen. Good and for I saw him. a lot of movies like that. Um, anyway, the big movie out this week for 1986 is Highlander. Woo! Uh, Christopher Lambert started May. Lambert. Lance Lambert. Ah, uh,
4: Lambert. Is he French? He yeah. just insists on that French yeah. pronunciation. Well, while he's in Where is America. He from? Get dunked, Chris. I'm going to look that up. Does anyone but, even uh, know?
3: He's I, got an I, accent.
4: I just know as somebody with an ERT last name, it is something that comes up for all of us. So we have to choose yeah. are we are we a bear or are we a Burt? <laughs> I do I do remember.
3: Louis Gilbert. I think yeah. it should be all Stephen
2: Colbert getting grilled by Bill O'Reilly. He's like, I did some research on you. I'm trying to destroy you. He used to go by Stephen Colbert and he's like his look on his face is like, gotcha, man. And Stephen Colbert's like, what did you expect to get out of that?
4: <laughs> he's from Great Neck, New York uh, Christopher <laughs> Lambert, but no, Lambert, but that is what he chooses to go by. Right. And in Fridge oh, Fridge He grew enough. up
3: in Geneva. There you uh,
4: go. Got it. Um, but
0: Highlander is one of those things that was a big deal for most of like the latter half of the eighties and the nineties. Uh, and then bizarrely extended into the two thousands with things like Endgame. game, the Source, which was a TV movie. I've seen so much of this, and I don't know why. Yeah. Uh, the, obviously, the TV show. don't actually.
3: Highlander TV show. I
2: didn't watch the TV show. Yeah. It was like randomly... What came
4: first? The movie or the TV show? The movie. The okay. This movie this that we're movie, talking about. And it had the
2: star of the movie in the TV show?
4: No. no. Okay. No. Fishburne and Bear wasn't even there for like the third one, was No. He?
0: They eventually teamed up in a movie called Endgame, which came out in the later 90s. Uh, but anyway... The whole idea, the whole the, the phrase, there can be only one, and the idea is uh, these immortals that are roaming the the planet, and he is in Scotland and dies, and then you don't know that you're an immortal till you die, and you wake up and you're like, oh, I'm I'm what am I? How do I live mm-hmm. forever? And eventually, you discover that you're one of many. And the first movie is a pretty low budget look at like what is this? What if there was a constant battle between immortals, and that at the end there can be only one, and mm-hmm. you have to the only way they can die is beheaded. And when you do that, you get their essence, the quickening, you get their power, and not like throwing fireballs and stuff, but like you just, you are, your your essence There are some is, lightning powers. Sure, there, there are some uh, fantastical elements to this for sure, and then... That's what this movie is, and it's kind of a dud in theaters, but as was the case in the 80s, home video totally saved it, yeah. and it became a, for about 10 to 15 years, a rather strong franchise that had video games, yeah. movies, tie-ins. Yeah, like
4: the second one's garbage. second one like,
0: is terrible. Like, Sean Connery?
4: Well, Sean Connery he came is in back into. He mm. dies in one. Yeah. Mm. And also, what a strange film okay. that, like, it's so rooted... Highlanders are so rooted in Scottish yeah. mythology, but the... One of the most famous Scotsmen in the world, uh, Sean Connery, plays a Spaniard in the movie. <laughs> it is it is a strange choice, oh, Lord. In it. yes. but uh, it's
3: got Clancy Brown. I remember Clancy <gasps> Brown is amazing, Mister
4: Crabs. Yes. Well, that's so funny. Clancy Brown will come up again on this episode. It's also Ooh. mostly,
0: uh, if you know it for anything,
4: yes, you'll
0: you'll know it for the oh, you'll know it for the beautiful. Queen song. Princes of the Universe.
2: Uh, written for the movie, I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I wish we knew more about Queen during this. Were they on a decline and they did a bunch of soundtracks?
4: Well, tracks? after the 86 live aid, they didn't do live shows anymore because in secret, Freddie Mercury was dying. Oh, he couldn't yeah. do live performances anymore after 85, but they were ready to take on. He was writing as much as he could because he just knew the end was coming, so he was... Writing, 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 The and soundtrack
2: producers. for this in Flash Gordon yet has a song with a lyric about hating Star Wars and Jaws. <laughs> <laughs> but the crazy thing is, this song, a, a, a for real Queen song
0: with all the pageantry and theatrics of Queen, mm-hmm. then goes on to be the opening theme song for the show, and that show has seven seasons. Wow. wow. So it was on the. Duncan McLeod is the Highlander, and mm-hmm. I just that love I forget that line.
4: The, I forget the actor's name. Adrian something, maybe? I just love that line so much, like, I am immortal. Yeah. I have inside me blood of kings. So
0: one day uh, at a Best Buy when they first started putting. Putting computers out that you could play with. Ooh. I would just open Notepad in one of them, and <laughs> wh- I don't know why I did this. I just typed the whole opening theme song to Highlander <laughs> and just left it on like six or
2: seven different computers. That was probably like today that would be perceived as like a terrorist. Threat. Yeah, like, so, oh, this guy's going to kill everybody. Yeah, I think ISIS <laughs> came in here and wrote a poem.
4: <laughs> you guys should look it up. I did a top seven on best music videos that tied into movies. Oh, yeah, this yeah. is one of them because they got Lambert for it, though it was one of those funny things where. He had cut his hair after... He's like, I'm not in the movie anymore. Time to cut my hair for my new movie. So... Then the Highlander shows up in the video, but he has a totally different haircut uh, yeah. from the clips in of the movie that are being shown <laughs> in the music video. And then he gets in a sword fight against Freddie Mercury, but Freddie wow. Mercury's oh. sword is his um, like handheld mic, mic stand, yeah. like oh. his half mic stand. And it's such an awesome shot of just them like sword fighting. Oh, uh, I miss uh,
3: Freddie Mercury so he is, yeah. much. Like,
4: AIDS is the worst, man. Oh.
0: Yep. Uh, limited release this week Care Bears Movie 2 a new generation. Oh, uh, has a, has, I was there. I was no. this is with the cousins, right? Fucking yeah. Care yeah. cousins. Care
4: Bear cousins.
3: the, the Care oh. Bears spinoff I mean
0: cousins. <laughs> yeah. uh, it has a wide release uh, the 21st. So we'll, we'll let's talk about this. A little later. Uh, yeah. Do we have
3: to?
2: Oh, we, it's, ha- it's, we must. It will, we will permeate every animated movie released in the, over the next two years. Mm. Yep. Uh, TV this week, Fast Times TV series oh, premieres
0: oh. on March 5th.
4: Nine episodes long. It was it was just called Fast Times. Right. And uh, they were able to get back every character actor who played a teacher in there. So the Mr. Hand and that um, weird dude with Marfan syndrome was in it. So, yeah, it was just... Uh, it, it was not good. And it starred Dan, Dean Cameron, I believe, the guy who is just about to do a Midnight's for Maniac ski here. School ski school fame. Yeah. Ski school guys, Ski school, summer school dude. Uh, but, Looks a little like me. But as you could guess, it being on network, it did not deal with uh, such hot-button issues as virginity. Abortion. And abortion with the stark reality that it did in the, in the film. Masturbation, yeah. nudity.
3: Did it have
2: demon in it? <laughs>
4: That's the, that is the problem with Fast Times of Ridgemont High, the movie, that mm-hmm. people remember... They, they remember what they want to about the film, like dudes like us remember, oh yeah, jerking off and being, in, being caught jerking off, oh, that's so horrible. Not not the girl's first yeah, time, Jennifer and then being Lee. taken to an abortion, like being taken to have an abortion. Yeah, like paying that. for yeah. your best friend's abortion. Which is with no guilt or no, like, it's not a moral quandary, they're just like, yep, I have to have one, cool, boom. They just did it. Like, I don't think you'd have trouble doing that now. In I in something in America, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, if, if it, I
3: mean, they said I the... like that the, the most negative thing about it. The the, it the a most, duck in
2: here, <laughs> ducky. <laughs> the, the
3: the most negative thing about the the abortion scene is that her brother is mad that the guy responsible isn't the one driving her. Yeah, it's like it is It's bad. not so much you have to get an abortion. It's you're going through a thing. Where's the other guy who's supposed to be going through a thing?
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's had a to, great had to, movie had to work at McDonald's man yeah, well, I, got maybe, that, I
4: got that shift well meanwhile the TV shows just completely lost the time and aired nine episodes on TV and then disappeared
0: uh, that's kind of all for TV for this week, because 86, I mean, we could also rattle through the random sitcoms that we're on, but if you go back through the prior episodes, we've talked about numerous different shows, including Ooh. Mr. Belvedere and Night Court. Uh, music, hey. uh, real quick, as we head out of the 80s segment, uh, new album, Guitar Town by Steve Earle. <laughs> no idea what that is? If you know, tell us in the comments on Uh Mr. Mr. Kyrie is number one again, wow. and I played some of that uh, last episode. But I usually go out with whatever the number one song is. But since we played a little bit of it last time, and I never did get to play this song when it was number one for two weeks in a row because of other things we talked about, like Zelda releasing for the first time. uh, Whitney Houston's How Will I Know. Yeah. Uh, This was a a big boom and hit this time 30 years ago, and it was number one a few weeks back, but I never did get to play it. So we're going to go out with Whitney Houston's How Will I Know. Uh, so it's from an album released in 85 and took a long time to finally find its uh, audience and eventually but when
3: it did yeah oh it spawned God.
0: numerous singles and was quite successful as you know uh, but yeah we'll go out with How Will I Know and we'll be back with what happened this same week in 1996 How will I- Last week on Cheap Podcast, the unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling, like uh, to your point about star fucking, the video it's from WWE's YouTube account. It says Academy Award-winning actress <laughs> Halle Berry <laughs> on the phone with Kane, and it's like it's a shame that it wasn't this wasn't closer to the Attitude Era because then Kane could have been like you were in Monsters Balls. And now this monster wants to put his balls in you. Something to that effect. Someone needs to teach you feel how good. to fuck. Make feel good. Yes, it's too bad that didn't yeah, happen. If any of you have an
2: option to do anything with Halle Berry, put dogs in the bathtub way <laughs> down.
1: I just want to make her feel good. Make her feel good.
0: Listen to Cheap Podcast on the LaserTime Time Network and on iTunes and on the Internet every Friday morning.
3: has more brains in his finger than all of you put
1: together.
3: That's new. Says 2XL. Food facts. A peanut is neither a nor a nut.
0: True sports. If a fly ball hits the foul pole. We'll Home run. Animals. Has it ever rained frogs? Yes. Space. Trivia. Monsters. Pretty nifty button pushing.
1: 2XL comes with one program tape. Additional tape sold separately. Batteries not included.
0: Gravity Kills, <laughs> guilty bringing us in. I love this album. They so want
3: to be Nine Inch Nails so <laughs> bad, though.
0: Yeah, it's so. This album came out uh, this week in 1996. Ooh. So the story for Gravity Kills is they were a St. Louis area band, and KPNT the Point. Uh, if you know uh, the St. Louis area and Point Fest, come on, I know you all know what I'm talking about. Uh, they had a contest in 96 uh, to like make a be new a band. be a band and like submit <laughs> well, really? and, and we we'll, well, yeah but we talked about the, the 96 like uh, the telecommunications act so like this is a case oh. where a local station made a band like gave them their first airplay had a contest and Gravity Kills kind of won with this song Guilty mm-hmm. and it got huge airplay in my air, oh, my, yeah. my whole region and then this album came out uh, I think this is when the album came out is this week not when they won the contest mm-hmm. but the album sold just under 500k mm-hmm. for a, wow. uh, just a band from It's a failure
4: in 90s uh no, that's, sales No, No, it's not that's an an album u-
3: sales That's an up and comer Like
2: yeah. uh, those CDs were $20 each by the way yeah. let's remember that uh undoubtedly awesome song unquestionably 90s super 90s um, oh it God.
0: is like this industrial sound uh, TVT Records who I know from KMFDM and I I I, mean, I don't know
4: if they were on 90s they, ni- they had 90s Nirvana's Bleach. They got oh, yeah? the first Nirvana album. Um, they also published the Scream soundtrack. Oh wow! Uh, we'll yeah. be talking
2: about Scream 2 a little later this well, that year. Song would sound better sung by Fat Albert. <laughs> <laughs> but I
0: man, that it, it's super nineties, but it is very like freshman sophomore year of high school for me. It's
2: very uh, evocative. It was an exciting new sound, yeah, and it was used. A I lot. mean, I think for like MTV in house promotions yeah. of all oh, kinds yeah, yeah, and yeah. commercials for years to come. I mean, yeah. Guilty,
0: Blame, Enough, uh, cha- like, Change, mm-hmm. I don't remember the song. Why not? Uh, but no, there's a lot of good songs on there, but are probably very dated. But uh, anyway, that album came yeah. out this week. I feel um, like
3: it's been a couple weeks since we explained where we were at these times. True. So, yeah. uh, 86 I was uh, in ele- elementary school. 96 oh, uh, mm-hmm. I was in college. Sophomore year of college.
4: Just driving for me. Uh, yeah, 14. Geez, I don't know what I was doing. This was a nothing important, y'all are a bunch of babies
3: settling
2: yeah. into my fourth high school. That's what ah. I was doing.
0: Wow. Uh, so yeah, this is for me, of what March of '96, fresh uh, halfway through freshman year high school, and uh, really into Gravity kill. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was probably playing Chrono Trigger and uh, PS1 stuff, I was probably playing Lemmings 3D mm-hmm.
4: and Air wow. Combat. Uh, well, actually, as. We'll get to it in a little bit. Yeah. I was I was starting to become the film snob I would be later, and this oh I think you certain you're back. film freshman helped year. me. Yeah,
3: yeah. Mm. freshman year.
0: Uh, oh, also
3: out no? this. wait. What?
0: Whatever. Uh, Ignore me. Ninety six. Uh, I'm old. Ignore me. Um, out this week. Uh, Iggy Pop, Girls Against Boys, and Halloween have new. Um, Halloween. <laughs> yeah.
4: Iggy. Good for Iggy. Still, still putting stuff out there. But, and uh, uh, number yeah. one, still <laughs> one sweet day. Yeah.
3: God, It will
0: never be
4: free of this song.
0: People, the nineties. The
3: nineties.
2: 90s, the nineties <laughs> love yeah. And a woo 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 woo. Damn. The
0: nineties love that song, man. Woo 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 woo. It was it was damn. such a big uh, such <laughs> a big deal. And I Just wanted one jerk, man. One more. One oh. more, like quick. Uh, and let's skip to the end, actually, while Where's
4: we're hey. Every time we play that. <laughs> I mean, it's such a triumphant song. It's easy to play at uh, yeah. funerals, at, at Just birthdays, anything, really. at
0: whatever. Um, but yeah, I think I think this is getting near to the end of its reign. By the way, <sighs> we're we're in the, we're in the home stretch. Who I look- will
3: unseat it? The tension uh, is there killing is, me. There
0: is the song that kills. There is a song. No. <laughs> There's a song later this year, if you think about 96, it will, be, no, it will be number one longer than mm. this was.
4: Batman Forever is 95, right? it was 95, right?
0: was 95. So it won't be Kiss from a rose. It won't be. But movies for 1996 this week, we had a bit of a, a thing because two movies that we have a lot to say about happened this mm-hmm. week. The Birdcage yeah. was yeah. out on March 8th and it was number one on March 10th because of the ways the week break down mm-hmm. and move and shift throughout the year. So in this episode, it is both number one and came out, but the reason we are going to defer the talk to that to the next episode is because yeah. it is number one next week as well, but a movie that came out this week is never number one, which is Fargo. Fargo. Despite yes. it being the one that probably gets brought up more often per week I, than...
2: Maybe. Uh, I, think, I think they both get a lot of true. cable airplay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: I love Fargo so I very much. Love I love it. If you want to know the plot, here's a clip to explain it. Yeah, Spoiler for the end if you've never seen it.
1: So that was Mrs. Lundegaard on the floor in there. And I guess that was your accomplice in the wood chipper. Yep. <laughs> and
3: those three people in Brainerd. And for what? For a little bit of money. Man, yeah. You'll be surprised. That scene, I love that scene so much because it tells us the future of this character. Because mm. the, the whole thing is, you know, this crazy crime thing is happening and Margie Gunderson... The sheriff, mm-hmm. played by Frances McDormand, Francis McDormand. Um, who, who is uh, Joel Cohen's wife, by the way.
2: This is the Cohen brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, she
3: is heavily pregnant yep. through the whole movie. <laughs> and I feel like this last scene, besides showing what a good cop she is, she's going to be like the best mom. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. It's like, well, you can
3: and, see, this is going to work out for her.
4: And it breaks a rule. Isn't uh, one of those things they say is a rule in film, that if you have a pregnant woman in your film, she has to give birth in yeah. the and it breaks that rule. She does not have a kid in the film. She no, it only takes place that... over about two weeks or something. Not entire... even. Yeah. If it's that... Pretty sure. Yeah, it's such it is such a great film and it was when I in nineteen ninety six it's when I realized uh, I was a film snob because yes. I remember <laughs> what appealed to me about this film and made me watch it, it wasn't just that everybody was saying it was really good. Mm-hmm. And it was like the first of its type. I think it was no, I saw Raising Arizona, but I didn't know it was a Cohen Brothers sure. movie. This was the first one I knew was a Cohen Brothers movie, and I really got into it the following year when Roger Ebert, I recall him being the one to say, well, this won't win anything at the Oscars, even though it should because it came out in March and nobody remembers what came out of March. And I was just like, wow, yep. this is an underrated gem that people aren't going to vote for. They're going to vote for the stupid English patient. <laughs> this, <laughs> But then it I, won
0: Best Actress and Best
4: Writer. It did. It, so it did. Deservedly so. Well, I, yeah,
3: it, it's a fantastic, there weren't a lot of strong roles for women. I mean, there never are, but I think she's probably yeah, up against Kristen Scott Thomas out of English Patient. And this this is just a showcase for her to shine, yeah. yeah. goddammit.
4: Just, just sitting in a car, eating Arby's. Would not, and, uh, she had
2: not oh, done a giant role with her husband at that point. That no. was like, I think she had a small, small role Blood Simple in a small right. role in Raising Arizona. And, and I was already a film snob. So I was already a Coen <laughs> Brothers champion, and everything that came oh, yes. up before this was so fucking good. Well,
3: what the before this is Miller's Crossing. Miller's
2: Crossing, Raising Arizona, mm-hmm. um, Blood Simple, Barton and Fink. Barton Fink like, was
3: Hudsucker th- before this or after this? before this. Which I loved. Previous. Which really? is like
2: my first
4: one. Uh,
3: well, Coen this Brothers was
2: really?
4: also mm-hmm. like the. <sighs> This was the start of a mean period, I'd say, for the Coen brothers too. Like this is, well, the Millers uh, Crossing, Millers isn't Crossing, and nice, but does, Barton, they kind of go book, in and out of mean and nice. Mean I, and this nice. could be my
2: perception, but this was this was to me the Coen brothers' mainstream breakthrough. I'd say so. We yeah. all yeah. knew about how funny Raising Arizona and all these other movies were, but like it, it was finally they were recognized by the Academy for the first time, and mm. it's just a beautiful and elegant and just incredibly well done movie with a simple story of a man who wants his wife kidnapped so he can split the ransom with the kidnappers and pay off his debts.
4: It's it's a bumbling crime noir. It, it inter- really is. Mm-hmm. It like, introduced William H. Not, Macy to us yeah. all. Yes.
1: Steve
2: that Buscemi was, on a Steve high Buscemi level. Steve like. Buscemi had not been in a, a prominent Coen Brothers role despite being in almost all their films. Yeah, he's this in is, Barton
3: Fink. He's, he's all in all Barton Fink,
2: in he's in Hudsucker Proxy, mm-hmm. and he's in uh,
4: Miller's Crossing. Yes. This his first.
3: name is Chet. Mm-hmm.
4: This uh, Oh, no, he's not the mink. I forget who the mink was. No,
3: he's the mink. Oh, he is the mink. He's see, mink. He's,
4: he's that one guy's boy. The, yeah, uh, yeah, Eddie
3: Dane's boy. Eddie Dane's boy, the Dane's boy. Yeah. Oh, my God, Miller's Crossing, if you haven't seen it. Brett, you see Miller's Crossing? <laughs> of course not. All right, we're stopping this recording right
4: now. <laughs> yeah, forget it. Miller's Crossing it's, time. It's, it's, uh, what it's a movie. Really I'm such
0: a fan
2: now of Miller's Crossing. <laughs> <laughs> it's really great. I, I have it's no re- doubt. Retelling I, of Yojimbo. Do you see Last Man Standing? No. The Bruce Willis film? No. Look, really? That, Let's that, get back to
0: so Fargo. That one.
4: Yes, Fargo. Everybody, anyway. Fargo. I Fargo. mean I know people who I I believe former guest on Laser Time, uh, Kate Kat Bailey. Mm-hmm. Uh, she grew up in that area. I believe she's from Wisconsin. I think, but she, my lady, her her friends, uh, like look down on this film because they they feel like it. They're they caricature. got the sounds right. Mm-hmm. They got the way mm-hmm. that people talk right. And they maybe got it more right. Than they should, uh, than people were comfortable with, but it also made it look like such a dangerous area and just yeah. such a, well, like it, all these murders happen there.
3: Yeah, I find it interesting that I mean the Cohen brothers are from Minnesota. Mm-hmm. They yeah. they're they're Minneapolis Jews. <laughs> Very rare. Yeah, I love thing when uh,
4: the the
0: accents of Chicago and Minnesota <laughs> when they start blending together. When you're in like Rockford or like Wisconsin and just like. Twin Cities, like, somewhere in between, there's, like, a weird circle you can draw where you're like, what is
2: happening? Like, <laughs> well,
0: and I told this... He
4: makes movies about fat Midwesterners. Yeah. Yeah. No. Where's and the
2: they're... white people movies?
0: Yeah, and uh, and so, what, my... my... it's,
3: they're kind of bunkiny, but they're also, like, really charming oh, yeah, and I, very uh, honest I... sort of people, even my... though they're saying kind of silly things no, I, about... fight a,
0: I fight a Southern accent all the yeah. time, and it's, like, it's... You're accent... from almost this area. Yeah, yeah. I am, like, six hours My, south my girlfriend you know, is this... from
2: Wisconsin, yeah. and, and this and the show, it's, like, the accents are caricatured, and you could tear them apart all you want, but nah. the but the dialogue that yeah, they say great. back and forth, it's like this the mundanity of mm. Midwestern conversation. Yep. And oh, then he called bold, me huh? a
3: jerk, only he didn't say jerk, and yes. he said the last jerk who uh, messed with him was dead, and how'd I feel about that? And I said, well, that doesn't sound too good for him.
4: Yeah, she so, said, yeah, that yeah, is yeah, like they're spot they're on in Fargo. They're kind of funny looking like how uh, just you know funny looking just in a like the side. regular kind he wasn't right. circumcised so, so you were having sex with a little guy I briefly for a few months
0: dated a, a Minnesota girl in college and uh had to there were numerous instances of like we were, we're you have any more small bags and I'm like and I'm like bags like I actually don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Bags. I'm like, oh, bags. I'm like, I hate that I actually had this, like, no, really, I can't. It's like, come on,
2: man, from context, Uh, gather what I'm saying. My girlfriend ruined, I, I pointed out that her mother, the way she pronounces the word going rhymes exactly with the way a child would say boing going where are you going and mm. I just start laughing <laughs> and she told her I, she doesn't do it anymore in front of me she like catches herself oh, it's bothersome oh. I want to just hear it and be happy
4: no it's it's an incredible movie like Steve Buscemi yeah, yeah. uh, do you have the clip of the Steve Buscemi silence yeah. thing uh, yeah uh, this is one of my favorite lines ha- we sure do
0: I guess you think you're uh, you know like an authority figure that stupid fucking uniform huh buddy Can clip on tie there big fucking man huh
3: you know these are the limits of your life man rule we'll of your little fucking gate here here that's
4: your four dollars, you pathetic piece of shit. <laughs> Jesus, uh,
3: so good, So uh, good. This yeah. also, this movie also kind of gave us Peter Stormare too. He had yeah. been around, especially in Europe. But he was uh, just
4: he was so great and his is quiet. He, Isn't there another Buscemi clip in there? Sorry.
3: Fine purveyor of ethnic bad guys.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he, oh, and Big Lebowski,
3: I need, right? I need yeah.
2: Unglin, um, um, and that was that was my favorite part yeah. about We this,
3: Going Pancakes House. This trajectory
2: house. Of, of the Coen Brothers, because like they didn't get celebrated like. They do now until this movie, and the next mm-hmm. movie was something so willfully stupid like The Big Lebowski, and the whole <laughs> world hated it immediately, like, just yeah. kind of ignored it, yeah, and yeah. I discovered it, admittedly, on, like, a previously viewed blockbuster VHS, and, like, just those there of, like, I'm going over to everyone's house, and everyone is watching this, and that guy yeah. is, he's the, he's the rants of uh, the fuck you Lebowski
3: oh the Nihilist
2: the Nihilist yeah, the, the from the Kraftwerk band yes right. oh no, yes yeah, yeah Big
3: Lebowski is weird because I feel like you need to watch it the second time to get it first time I watch it I'm like this is like my one of my least favorite Coen Brothers movies I, yeah. I just like it was cute it was fun it didn't go anywhere whatever
2: and, it, but it and has then just, seen like, that.
3: then watch it again and realize oh that's the fucking point yeah. it goes nowhere
2: yeah they're not in danger at, at any point and, and no, Sam
3: Ali just, just I guess that's what idiots. happened
2: <laughs>
4: No, the but anyway, in Fargo too, like just Sorry, the, the we'll start to talk about Big Lebowski. the starkness of blood on the snow, yeah. Yeah. but all, oh and God. just and also that every time the important moments where they every time they pass the um, the statue of Paul Bunyan, mm-hmm. and, and also uh, William it H looks Macy looks so
3: menacing yeah. at night, and
4: William H Macy is incredible, and it is one of the most like just pitiful. Yeah excuses Ugh. for a human being ever and <laughs> you want to pity him but then it's like no he's a piece of shit like oh. he's a garbage human and his exit in the film when he's finally just <laughs> caught yeah. he's like yeah, yeah. Like, it's just his cries are so William H. Macy does an incredible job I feel yeah. like it forever typecast him as the kind of character he plays in the cooler of just think, like oh you're the loser well, you don't get the girl you know, he right,
2: right into Paul Thomas Anderson's depiction of him as the constant oh. <laughs> the constant oh, God. loser
4: God. my wife has a cock in her ass right now and a giant <laughs> and, well and then yeah. it's him as the dude who's like oh i, I he, he gets he wants to get um, in Magnolia he's mm. the guy who wants to get mm. braces to impress yeah. a dude yeah so uh, then yeah.
0: this became a TV series very recently it's on FX. Really weird. Which is fantastic. Which is recounting a lot of the same detail? No. 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 Like, like, no? It, it, it's a
4: stylistic. It's follow-up. very strange. It does have a. Spoilers for the show, Fargo, but the first season at least does have a minor tangential string yeah. connecting it between the two. Well, mm-hmm. but,
2: the, the, yeah. I don't know this, and I, I, I've looked into it a little bit, but that the story of Fargo, it's like they said based on a true story. It's like 16 true stories right. stitched together and cherry-picked. Right. Uh, I think the new Fargo might have chosen a few fewer stories mm. to end up telling and maybe telling a more accurate... But even if it's not, it's it's really good. And I think with this... I don't know who pitched the show. The Coen brothers are producers on it, but I have a feeling it's like the same way those yeah. people executive producers at the end of Buffy who never touched the show and yeah. have no, yeah. no, no credit to the it just, get, there,
3: there are a lot of little references to a lot of Coen Brothers oh yeah, well, no, across, so across Fargo and there is even like one scene is almost recreated from yeah. the movie with different characters I, I, I in a different kind of context instead
2: of making a show about the story Fargo they're like well we're going to tell an anthology series in the mm. style that Fargo right. is told yes, exactly. and, and it's and it's kind
4: of brilliant I can't believe it works well it's not even just Fargo it's like, like in the first season I'm just talking about here but Billy Bob Thornton's character is Lord Malvo. Very, Lord Malvo is very similar to Anton Chigurh. Yeah. Like he's mm. he's he's taken. It's all these type of characters who pop up who would have been in other Coen Brothers films, mm. and now it's kind of like a Coen Brothers crossover fight movie. You know, <laughs> and, and and yeah, the main character in it, or well. Uh, Lester Nygaard, mm-hmm. one of the main characters. Watch how you say it. He he is great too. In the similar like pathetic. Yeah, he's got the same that, ending almost. Yeah. yeah, almost. It's 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 a beautiful show. But the movie I could rewatch a yep. million times. Now, There's. Did
3: ugh. you know this is not the first Fargo TV show? No. There was a filmed pilot for oh a Fargo TV show back in the late '90s. Wow. Which was terrible. I saw this pilot. It was terrible, except for the casting. They got Edie Falco before The Sopranos. Oh, wow. And wow, she, right was, Oz. she was on point. Oh, but, nice. wow. but the show was terribly written. Directed
0: by Kathy Bates and featured no involvement from the Coen brothers. Wow. Weird. Yeah. That reminds oh, me
4: <laughs> of there was an LA Confidential TV oh, yeah. pilot as well starring Kiefer, Sutherland, Kiefer Sutherland, Sutherland. Which is on the Blu-ray of the of LA Confidential. Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: I saw that one too. It's also not very good. <laughs> there's, <laughs> a, there's also a
0: movie called Kumiko the Treasure Hunter. Huh? A 2014 movie about a Japanese woman who thinks Fargo was real, and then goes there and Whoa. is obsessed with wow. the movie and wow. the the snow. I gotta and, see this. Yeah, I gotta see. That's this pretty cool. interesting. I
4: Just, am obsessed with that movie. We're doing it or have done it mm-hmm. as yes, our commentary yeah. for this week. Yeah, this is yeah. a
0: great example of if you're following us on patreoncom time don't show possible, which is how this show got unlocked. Actually, uh, we we will have already watched Fargo <clears throat> on our Monday night movies. But if you're a donor at the five dollar level or above, you can watch with us and we will commentate this is one of those movies I think it's on Netflix I think it's on Hulu it's mm-hmm. on
4: Hulu and Amazon Prime right
3: now oh, okay. I know
0: that yeah it's yeah. very it's very watchable and gettable but you oh can watch God. movies with us and uh, usually we watch crap that uh, you don't want to watch anyway yeah you can watch it with us this <laughs> is an example because it's 30 20
2: you, years old you totally the Coen brothers are I understand why they're not mainstream popular they're for film fans only because they it's a good example of how they care very little uh, they care less about story than weird-ass characters sure. and yeah. beautiful scenery. Yeah. Well, I
4: mean, as great. such, I, I guess the most memorable visual in it is Steve Buscemi in the wood chipper, yeah. or his foot yeah. being just shoved in it with a log. Well, it a right. like, you, like you
3: said, the blood on the snow, she kind of come, comes around yeah. a corner, mm-hmm. and there's just this big, giant stretch mm-hmm. of red. So
0: what's weird about the wood chipper thing mm-hmm. is, is it Rumble in the Bronx that did that also? like we oh, we, we, we just talked about Rumble in the Bronx is, yeah. uh, from 2 weeks ago it was 20 years old but they dump a bunch of like goons so they're like they're like Tell us where something is, and they, they put wood in the wood chipper, and it blasts the debris at people, and they're like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> and then they pick up one of the guys and put the guy in the wood chipper, and they right. get blasted with all of his gore. And Rumble in the Bronx? And I'm like, I swear this is Rumble in the Bronx. Yeah, I don't remember it being that violent. Know. That
4: sounds like a Jackie Chan film. I think it's Rumble in the Bronx. Maybe it's Mr. Nice Guy. It could be Mr. Nice Guy. But anyway, uh, so yeah, also about this week
0: on TV... Oh, it's going to be tough. The second Blockbuster Awards <laughs> aired God. on UPN, hosted by Kelsey Grammer. Are you uh, an uh, interpreter? Okay. So I looked. Oh, in,
4: yeah, I looked into this on uh, on a couple levels. First off, that the film uh, this was the second one. The first one had aired on a uh, regular network, but this one went on UPN, the recently launched UPN. Mm-hmm. And
3: uh, oh, I bet there was a bidding war.
4: Well, so the issue was that Viacom owns Paramount. And UPN and Blockbuster, ah. and so Paramount went out of its way to not award Paramount films too many awards mm. because they're like, oh, people think it's it's rigged or whatever, which it is, mm. like it was. But uh, Blockbuster just running their own awards things, and for the second year, they got a a big turnout of people that mm. like uh, Tom Cruise was there. He won for uh, Mission Impossible. He like Nick Cage uh, won. I mean? uh, uh, John Travolta won. He was there, and, uh, and and he was. And the point is that
2: this is a low tier award show, yeah. but these everybody shows up. And mm-hmm. like I was, I was trying to find a good clip of oh Nick Cage winning for The Rock. This is going to be great, and like it's a very sincere thank you. And it, wow. what it is is a, a strange testament to the shifting landscape of film. Whereas like right now we're in this period of like Netflix can make whatever it wants. That Blockbuster was kind of the Netflix of its time but instead of I don't know why they didn't make their own movies like you come to Blockbuster just to get this film uh, they made their own award shows so you would go into Blockbuster and there was a kiosk and that's where you would vote Mm, Uh, and I think think it was so important to the film business people did show up not everybody shows up for the Kids' Choice Awards at this point or like the American Teen Awards they don't Uh, but they did for this because I think they had to. That's how powerful Blockbuster was. Right, yeah,
4: yeah. Uh, oh wait, actually Tom Cruise. The, yeah, in his award speech, Tom Cruise won for Interview with the Vampire, and he really? thanks he uh, thanks Neil Jordan, the director. I was like, when did yeah. he work? When he had, when he thanked Neil Jordan, I was like, oh, that's right, he directed yeah. that. I, mm-hmm. forgot, I, I forgot, I that. But then when he said and Brad Pitt, and then the audience of it is not an Oscar audience no. watching it because you hear all these like women scream, woo, and I realize oh, this is when Brad Pitt had become Brad Pitt, Mm -hmm. the mega super handsome star that he has been like Running away from ever since he's like, no, don't make me handsome. I'm not your, I'm not your teen idol. I'll yeah. star in weird things and grow a weird beard. Uh,
3: and he's so bad in Interview with a Vampire, though.
4: I <laughs> tried to so rewatch boring, that because we yeah. just
3: uh, went to Mardi Gras, and I was mm-hmm. like, I'm gonna watch movies that are filmed in New Orleans. Yeah. And I got about halfway through, and I was wow. like, This is so much worse than I remember. But it's also wow.
4: filmed in SF too. It's yeah, like, that's true. It know. opens in SF. It's so- funny to see that, but though I love Interview with a Vampire just for Tom Cruise because. He gets to act as gay as he wants to, and you he, know he wants he to does. act that campy all the time. And <laughs> he he camps can't sit up,
3: yeah. This it was is
4: bad. If only yeah. John
0: Travolta could have been the movie. Uh, <laughs> same day, American Comedy Awards also aired, wow. and Get, Get Shorty yeah. got awarded.
4: <laughs> yeah, it won the okay. most awards. It won so the most a awards. funny
2: 1995 film.
0: The it was Ameri- a
3: funny movie. Yeah,
4: it was. It's it's like Dennis Men's Farina events. was real funny. Oh, he's yeah, great. R.I.P. Uh, yeah. The other thing I wanted to say about Blockbuster Awards, though, is that they, they kept going until 2001. Mm-hmm. Wow. They were going to air wow. in no- November 2001, and they, uh. they decided, they canceled it, they said because of 9-11. They said <laughs> that... Uh, in the state the country's in now, there's just so uh, much uncertainty, we just don't know if it's the right time to I, have an award show. I can believe
2: so. there, that might have been sincere, just remembering yeah. the, the timeline, like, everything was really weird for a couple years I mean,
4: Blockbuster months. wasn't dead as a thing mm. for another, like, no, eight no. years, it's like, even it close. wasn't that, like, Blockbuster was in a bad space and they couldn't afford that's, to do it, it wasn't that. That's why I'm glad
2: we started the show now, because even 2006, like, doesn't, yeah. you don't see the ripples of streaming technology and piracy. Yeah, it like, still
4: feels like an old time period. It does,
2: and, like, when I'm getting old, oh yeah, there's still full screen shows, and Two thousand six. Well,
4: and it, like there weren't iPhones to look at. Yes, or yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah, Oh, we'll get to that. Uh, uh,
4: but anyway, yeah, the the blockbuster awards were. I think nine eleven just made us think. Why do we have these this many awards? We shouldn't Why be this happy. Doing? Yeah, that, that used to be a
2: criticism of like, there's so many award shows, yeah. and I guess that's not really the case anymore. There no, are there
3: are lot, still a ton, and they're like all on television now. The SAG mm. Awards didn't used to be on television. Now. I, like, I stand corrected. Now. Like, I corrected.
2: Need that content? Don't watch over the air television. I'm a bullshit millennial. As he. Takes a sip out of a
0: Pac-Man glass.
2: <laughs> Made before I was born. No. Um, uh, game, video games,
0: really quick. This same week, Ooh. You'll, you probably might know the name, but I never did play this game, Brain Dead Thirteen.
2: I, I was the first game I bought on the Sega Saturn. Oh. I was a huge fan of animation. Yeah, I liked. It, I'm not a huge fan of the Dragon's Lair Space A stuff anymore. I do like what they are. So that's the kind of game that's it is? That's the kind of game it okay. is. It's like you, there's four directional, button, four directional keys and one button. And if you choose incorrectly, which you don't know, you fail. Right. But you get an awesome animated uh, death scene.
0: And, it, and the, the, the like the box is starring Fritz mm-hmm. as if it's going to be like, we're going to take this character everywhere. Man. I, I
2: feel like I write this all the time when I write about this period of games. But it was like the period in between bits and polygons. And people weren't fully invested in 3 3D Polygons. Yeah. But CD technology offered just about everything else. Yes. So 93 interactive to,
0: films. Yeah. 93 to 96 is a grand experiment yeah. from the 3DO to the yeah. Jaguar to this stuff. It's just like,
2: well, we can put anything on a CD. Yeah. So
0: let's. And I think Here's people,
2: Tomcat Alley. I thought it was from the same people as Dragon's Lair. I don't believe it is. But like, mm. that had been re released on every platform it could be on. It's, it's. I think to this day, it's one of the most, it's been released on the most platforms, Dragon's Lair. Lair? Yeah, yeah. No one's yeah, really tried yeah. that it's again. On D- just a DVD. Yeah. yeah you, can you can play. play it you could play remote. On your DVD player.
0: Uh, also, out. Uh, you might remember this as the arcade game next to the one you wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Hunt, the submarine mm-hmm. shooting side-scroller game. No. I would never play that. It I released can, on no.
2: PS1 this week. I can see myself altering one of the letters. We did all the time. All right.
0: Because <laughs> uh, we were 15, and like, hey, hey, guess what? Hey, <laughs> yeah. hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 hey. to go get some ice cream? Uh, and then uh, last week, uh, I, at some point in February, I did forget to mention... The game D came out for Saturn yeah. and PlayStation, starring digital actress yeah. Laura Harris. Speaking of, like, we've made a new star. So it was this fake actress who was in a game called D. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a million seller in Japan. And it's like yeah. a, a sort of mist style adventure game where it's like rudimentary three dimensional, mm-hmm. like, you know, creation of castle and hallways that you navigate through and solve some clumsy puzzles. Mm-hmm. But it. Clumsy in the sense that, like, the, the graphics at this it point look pretty dated. I own it. But, at the time, uh, it was very interesting. So, in Japan, it became this 1000000 seller, and in the U.S. and in the West in general, it just didn't take off. And I remember watching a friend play it, my friend Josh, and just, like, there was one puzzle where it was, like, you had to spin a wheel, mm-hmm. like, seven or eight times, and if you think about how Mist works, M-Y-S-T, MIST, yeah. this 3D hand comes out and grabs, like, one of the handles, oh, like you rotate the movie file and it spins like a rotary phone. One. And then we're like oh my god, is that just one and yeah. then two? We have to do this
4: nine <laughs> times? Oh my god.
2: <laughs> and I think as kids, we were initially incredibly fascinated by these processes, this new technology, and that really worth it. Speaking of old award shows, that thing we did about the uh, Cyber Awards, that's a really oh, good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Really Cybermania, man. Hosted by Leslie Nielsen and Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I think that, that might come up on a future episode. So the,
0: the bit with D, though, is mm. like you're playing, it's somehow related back, the D stands for Dracula. And it's um. kind of a, you know, what is going on? What is this mystery of like why do I, why am I being haunted or whatever? Wow. But I, I grabbed a uh, clip from the end, and I guess this is when <laughs> uh, S hits the F for D. <laughs> so it's Laura and this guy in a chair. So Laura, you've come.
4: Now I will tell you everything. <laughs> Hear me and leave before the one who is not me can emerge.
0: Uh huh, Laura. Uh huh. In our veins, and she blinks so slowly at this, like uh uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. the blood of Dracula, the time of change comes to all of his blood.
3: This is the end of that second matrix. It starts movie. with
1: lust wow. for the strange, then comes the desire for human flesh to make the change complete.
0: This transformation is worth it, trust me. Yes, Laura,
1: that time came for you as well. I erased the memory, so you have forgotten.
0: Well, he says Laura like nine hundred times in that oh game, and like you'll God. you'll be interrupted by a ghost just going like,
2: Laura. <laughs> but this is this Laura is in the shadow of Laura. <laughs> tomb- but, like, what? Is this, what? Is it because it's in the shadow of Tomb Raider where like. Laura Croft did sort of not organically, they made emerge this
0: well as a before. digital star. No, no, this was, yeah.
4: yeah, this was a 95 release in Japan. Okay, okay. Too. But, was, uh,
0: yeah, famously, uh, Kenji Eno, who worked on Enemy Zero Panic Restaurant, but you said, like, this creator <laughs> oh, was known. So
4: here is the most interesting thing about Kenji Eno, who is, uh, he passed away in 2013, actually, February 20th, 2013, hmm. from hypertension due to uh, causing heart failure. Jesus. So only 42. It was very, Ooh, wow. uh, he was friends with a lot of, like, journalist games journalists I knew in America uh, who were very saddened by his passing but he he didn't get to produce much in the 2000s because the games industry just had no had no space for a weirdo who made oddball games like that Mm -hmm. and also composed his own stuff and uh, but his Japanese Robert
2: Rodriguez the most interesting
4: <laughs> story about him was that at the 1996 press event to announce his next game, Enemy Zero, coming to a Sony platform, coming mm. to PlayStation, this was at a Sony event, he gets up on stage as a plush of the Jumping Flash character, mm. and then stomps on it, and then oh, wow. shows a video of Enemy Zero, and when he plays the video of Enemy Zero, this Sony logo morphs into the Saturn logo, Is he's like... Yeah, it's only going to be on Sega. Not going to be on this loser system. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. It just Whoa. leaves. Like, you could never... You'd get, like, sued for that <laughs> yeah. now if you did wow. that in So he
3: was crazy young then. He would be 26 yeah. when this game came out? Yeah. Wow.
0: It, uh, yeah. I'm a slacker. Man, the ball's on that guy, though. To, to <laughs> I know, No, like, it's only on Saturn. Well, yeah, in Japan, Saturn was killing it, so...
4: I mean, he's a rock star. Like, yeah. that's a rock star move you never see... like. What developers anywhere do that, especially in Japan, which are famous for like such button-down. Well, it reminds me of when Nintendo
0: did it with to Sony also. Yeah, with the yeah. uh,
4: and we're working on a CD system with Philips. Aye, 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 aye. <laughs> sorry, Sony. Well, they uh, didn't even say sorry, Sony. It yeah, was just like just a punch in the face to Sony. Sorry, Sony. Shut up. <laughs> uh, also, also out this week uh,
0: as we head out to from the nineties. Uh, March 9th in Japan Super Mario RPG releases on the Super Famicom. Yeah. We will get it in the US come May. We'll talk about it more then, but I'll Love take it. any chance I can to play the music from Mario RPG. Ooh. Yoko Shimomura at her best. We'll be back with more what happened in 2006.
3: Mrs. Internet and all the ships at sea. This is Diana's classic corner. We go even further back into time to see if there's any classic movies worth watching. Let's see, 75 years ago this week, we've got uh, Rage in Heaven and Flying Wild. I can't recommend either of those, but the Lend-Lease Act was signed because guess what? There's a war in Europe. Yeah, we'll get there by the end of the year. 50 years ago this week, we got uh, two interesting movies. Both on March 4th, uh, The Group, directed by Sidney Lumet, and The Oscar. If you're a fan of bad movies, I can definitely recommend the Oscar. It is the shittiest What Price Hollywood story we've seen since A Star is Born All the Way to Showgirls. It's terrible, but the funny kind of terrible. Instead, I am going to actually, for a formal recommendation, I am going to go a little outside the box. This is also the 50th anniversary of John Lennon saying that the Beatles were bigger than Jesus so instead of recommending the group or the oscar or any of those others i am going to recommend you listen to what was then the current beatles album which is rubber soul it came out the previous december it is kind of a transition period for them where it's like some of the stuff is like i want to hold your hand poppy and some of it is like crazy drug tripping we're changing the format and everything's great super super good album rubber soul Check it out. I'm sure it's on iTunes and everywhere. It's probably on YouTube for free for crying out loud. Uh, And that's it for this week. Uh, Stay classic.
4: Here we see a wild Pikmin in its natural environment. These strange creatures become attached to whoever pulls them from the ground, loyal and obedient. Pikmin work together to fight large predators like this grub dog,
2: even if it means getting eaten. As night falls, the Pikmin return to their nest to rest for another day of hard work. Hang in there, little guys. Pikmin. Only for Nintendo GameCube. Rated E for
4: everyone.
0: 2006. This is one of the biggest stretches I've ever had to make to play a song for an excuse to play a song. Uh, for new music this week, Buzzcocks, Mogwai, Juvenile all have wow. new albums. Oh, but boy. so did Chris Christofferson. <laughs> yeah. Yes! And Chris Christofferson was in the movie Blade. Yep. And Blade has this song from Voodoo <laughs> and Sarah <Serna. God. laughs> Blood is Pumping. When the blood rave happens and the yeah. blood comes from the sprinklers, that's this song that's playing. Blades a great movie. How does it relate great to open.
3: Kevin Bacon?
4: Uh, I mean, can you I'm get sure a... Chris Christopherson I'm sure Chris Gustaffson was in a movie with he... can Kevin I'm you get Bacon. Wesley Snipes in there too. Yeah, Stephen well, Dorff? I
2: can do this. I can
4: do this. If I'm you want sure me yeah, to. yeah, we oh, could Steven do. Stephen Dorff had to be in a movie with Kevin Bacon. They're in the same yeah. generation, dudes. no. Yeah.
3: Uh, o- Chris omen. Christopherson is an American treasure, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, he So has, he
4: started as a country singer, right? And then became He, a- he
3: started as uh, an army ranger and a Rhodes Scholar and taught poetry at West Point and then left wow. that behind decide I'm going to write songs. And he did. And then he started singing songs also. And he's written amazing songs. And if you made a movie of his life, you would think it was all fake.
4: Wow. <laughs> then he, yeah, he started. Was his big uh, acting break when he started that uh, Stars Born type film with? Um... Uh,
3: I think Alice doesn't live here anymore. Oh, Ellis does live here. He's yeah, wonderful. Here, so
0: you're
4: saying I probably should have played a song he did for this? I should yeah. Yeah. you I mean, jerk? Just assume he wrote that. Was well, he, was I, he <laughs> in the, a versatile, a <laughs> versatile musician? <laughs> was he in the Rose with Bette Midler? Or am I no. All right. Well, another guy. I just saw Chris Christopherson recently because I believe his son is a pro, is an indie pro wrestler. <laughs> he was. Okay. And so he was at, a friend of ours, Dan Reichert, is, uh, who's, his job is a games journalist, but on the side, he is a manager for a pro wrestling tag team, and uh, he had this picture of, I just finished this night of this pro wrestling event, and Chris Kristofferson was here, so here's my photo. <laughs> oh my yeah, God. that's like, wow, the that's
0: most weird. random thing, yeah. Uh- uh, check on its final week and number one uh, single. Oof, can't wait for a new uh, song. The Pink Panther bump finally fades away after this week. <laughs> uh, this is another one of those songs that was number one for many, many weeks. Um, but speaking of movies like Pink Panther, Medea's family reunion is number one at the box office.
3: Wow.
2: We briefly yeah, I want to d- thank Travis Foster and the Facebook group for elaborating on the popularity of Medea throughout the South.
4: Well, he's a, right. Yeah, he is a Southern African American, so he could tell us all these things about how like, they'd they got popular just from being filmed in churches like yeah, as, right. as
2: plays <laughs> done in churches bootleg filmed illegally in air quotes because no one was really looking out for that thing and then circulated as film plays like film by amateurs like crazy crazy
0: uh, also out this week failure to launch Matthew <laughs> McConaughey and SJP rom-com about a 30 Warp. get ready, right, get this about a 35 year old who lives at home what
4: oh man you know uh, when I watch that film that won't happen like, until
2: I'm
3: 36 no, <laughs> just give it two years till the uh, the economy crashes and yeah. that will be an adorable retro piece uh-huh.
4: well the failure point to like, like, that's
3: gonna be like you're 22 and not married what's wrong with you
4: Matthew McConaughey is, yeah, I mean he's he's got a great life in that thing. I think he has like a real job and everything. He just lives with his parents. And- but this is it's also
2: interesting that this is Matthew McConaughey's like meteoric rise, rapid ascent, and then gradual progression Reason. to respectable yeah. act- is. well the respectable actor this he, did, is he did only low these low movies the yeah. Yeah. yeah but he did only these he did the the, the Sandra Bullock and Jennifer Lopez he was just the romantic lead for late dumb lady movies yeah. yep. he just cashed those checks Sorry, and, excuse me forgettable and, and, lady and movies spend it on,
4: <laughs> and spent it on bongos and bongs mm-hmm. and so on, uh, so so I, this was around the time when he was caught naked playing no that was outside. earlier that was earlier i'm
2: yeah, yeah, okay. pretty sure
4: uh, he's in U-571. Come on, man. It's a, it's
2: a big hit. The Widowmaker?
0: Uh, no. Also at this week, The Hills Have Eyes remake I mean, of the 1977 I seen movie. It. I Yeah, I yeah, never saw the Deeply remake.
2: unsettling, just like the original. Um, uh, Claire from The Lost is in it, I believe. That's all I can remember okay. about it. It's got that
4: weird Lots of rape scenes. Does it
3: still it? have that same weird guy? I think it, it has a, a different weird guy. Oh, okay,
4: yeah. But that weird guy... He's on the cover
2: yeah. of the current, like the current reissue of the West Craven original, because
4: yeah. he's got yeah. the perfect weirdo face. Like it's just such a great monster. And man. There's a sequel. The hills have two eyes. That's not true. <laughs> That's not true. Oh god!
0: Uh, and after that, also out this week, uh, what a what a what a week for movies. Uh, Shaggy Dog, <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh,
0: the Tim Allen becomes a dog movie that we all need yes.
3: another remake. A remake, r- yeah, like, with we, the scariest poster ever. Yeah.
0: Yes, with human eyes.
3: Oh, uh, it's horrifying. So
0: I did find, uh, you know, rather than play a trailer, there is a Super Bowl ad for oh, the Shaggy Dog. Oh, what? And so it is full of Super Bowl puns with Tim Allen uh, I just want to point
2: out, because we did a laser time about talking dogs, where I get disgusted in the middle of the episode. (laughs) Uh, And so this is a remake of a 1960s film. We also recently did a laser time about longest sequel, Gaps, and someone pointed out, I know you hate talking dog films, but the Shaggy Dog to the Shaggy DA and to possibly this film, Shaggy DA, the sequel where he becomes a cop, uh, about a a man who becomes a a dog. A talking cop? Uh, It doesn't... (laughs) (laughs) Uh but yes never mind I'm done. <laughs> Um, so this is the Super Bowl ad for Shaggy Dog. Oh, boy. And y- whatever you're expecting, you're correct. It's a million
0: dollars a
1: second. And Chris Berman with a play-by-play of Disney's The Shaggy Dog.
4: It's Tim Allen versus The Shaggy Dog. Here's the snap. Oh! That turns him into a dog. Sometimes he's human, but mostly he's one sick puppy. But wait, the cat is
2: talking trash. Look at that dog man go. He's weaving through traffic.
4: Ouch! He could go. Oh! The- God! The Shaggy Dog. Ready, PG. He dropped the hammer on drama.
2: (laughs) They knocked an old woman into a tree. (laughs) Thank you for underselling that. That was nothing like I imagined it to be. I did not know they'd hire football announcers to narrate a Shaggy Dog. Uh, If you could see
0: the way that they have him running on all fours past his cat.
4: The cat is talking trash.
2: I can't. Oh, boy. I was just giving Disney crap about remaking all its old stuff. But it's never not done that. And at least... Things like Peach Dragon is technically a terrible film that I love. I love. But it looks, the new one, like, wow, that looks neat. (laughs) You didn't... I don't know, you, made, you, made, you might make a good movie out of this old one. They'll try. This did not happen with Shaggy Dog. Yeah.
4: I think they're more invested in quality now than they used to be And this one. is just like, what's a thing we haven't made in a while? Yeah. And who is a person we have on contract? On contract, because Tim is...
2: Allen has never left the Disney fold after that deal he got with Home Improvement, which we just streamed on YouTube.com slash time I mean, It's
4: big, big money yeah. from that stuff. Uh,
2: we also uh, stars, uh, co-stars RDJ, of all people,
4: pre-Iron Man wow. Robert Downey Jr. Two years. In two years, he'll wow. become one of the biggest stars in the universe yeah. again, making like fifty million dollars a movie. Yeah, but two at this years. Point, where
3: was this in re, Him going to prison?
4: Uh, uh, well, that's after. like three years after three. Okay. First, like as, as you'll know out. by listening to the Laser Time about recovering from scandals yeah. episode, yeah. you'll get all the dates just this there. that
2: like Robert Downey Jr. At this point, this the co lead in the Shaggy Dog. Yes. currently, and I could be wrong about this, but I'm gonna speculate: the person paid the most by Disney. I yeah. think that now? might yeah, that no right. Robert Downey Jr. Oh well, yeah. Right Maybe. now, I think he might, he might have the yeah. biggest paycheck with a Disney uh, letterhead wow, on top yeah. of it. Huh.
0: Yeah, I uh, see that. video games this week just briefly. Uh, so this at this point ten years ago, this is I'm in California working for Games Radar mm-hmm. with Michael, and we're reviewing just trying to get a bunch of games reviewed. So when the site launches on March 20th, we will have some stuff on the site to actually read. So I reviewed Pokemon Troze the. Ah. The puzzle game, uh, I think they made a sequel. It's like a
4: match f- three thing, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's. I uh, there's a review somewhere, I'm sure.
4: It's bunch of Pokemon face, heads match yeah, three. Yeah, and
0: like an art style that kind of is like Powerpuff <laughs> Girls-esque. Um, Tales of yeah. Fantasia came to GBA. I think this was the first time we actually got Hell Tales of yeah. Fantasia. I
4: bought it because I was like, all right, the original Tales game is coming to America. I should play it 20 minutes later. Eh, (laughs) And I do believe I resold that one because I kept it in one of the few GBA games I kept in box.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, thanks to something like uh, Tales of Symphonia which came out on GameCube uh, a couple years earlier, it you know, popularized the tales of series in the West, and so then we finally got Fantasia here in the in the US on GBA. Also, at Dragon Ball Z Shin Budokai for PSP. Hey, I always remember Michael's headline for like line calling them screaming karate men, and I, I have never <laughs> forgot that. Uh, uh, those
4: Budokai games felt like they were be around forever, and now yeah, they're nothing. Uh, like they they were yeah. they're kind of like Guitar Hero. Just, yeah, you heard about them this. all the time.
0: the Budokai games for PS2. Amazing music! <laughs> it is basically Rocky over and over again. I
4: also nice. like the mini games in the loading screens. Yeah, of, uh,
0: and awesome. then uh, Onimusha Dawn of Dreams came out. Uh, the biggest game, probably though, out this week is and this ten years old Go- Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter. Wow, A.K.A. Graw. Uh, 1.2 million sold in the U.S. 8,000 in Japan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> uh, set. But I feel like GRAW is this game that set the tone. For so much of what that console yeah. generation became, which yeah. is a lot of hoorah, run and gun, like saturate or desaturated colors, modern, yeah, brown
4: warfare was still a couple of years away. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, so. COD Four would be a year and a half from it was this. A, like, a, a less tactical diversion from the Tom Clancy series, where it had been at that point with. Ghost Recon. Yeah.
0: This is before Rainbow Six Vegas. It's before Call of Duty 4. Yeah. Uh, it just, Graw really set the tone of like...
2: Multiplayer shooters.
0: Military multiplayer, yeah. like... But also modern, modern day, Yeah, not World a War post II. post-9-11 type yeah. one, honestly. Yeah. Like,
4: they were Weird, ready for it. Yeah. They weren't gonna... You weren't gonna be on Omaha Beach anymore. Yeah. Right?
2: I weirdly forgot... I remember Charlie having to cover so much of this because yeah, it was he, like a huge thing. It was a big series. And well, then it just... Call of Duty came out and it never mattered again.
0: Yeah, there was a well, Graw 2 and Vegas. then I think that was it. I mean,
4: yeah. Tom Clancy was the Tom Clancy brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah was very prepared for a post nine eleven world because he had been obsessed with spies oh, yeah. and real life yeah brown people hurting life. America yeah and getting back at those brown people like we oughta yeah he was he was into that stuff ahead of time, and it was perfectly suited for Pope, for the born identity type world yeah. we were living in and so like modern warfare just kind of just did this better. I also remember the really creepy ads for, uh, like Rainbow Six also became very yeah. similar to this. It was marketed very similarly, Yeah, but the Rainbow Six Vegas had those creepy ads of, like, it was real life video. It was supposed to look like found footage of people on vacation in Vegas when yeah. terrorists attack, and it was like it, they were disturbing, I felt like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to talk about Vegas in a few months, because oh, it's out really? later this
0: year. Okay. Uh,
4: TV, speaking
0: of uh, political allegories, Battlestar Galactica, <laughs> Battlestar sure, Galactica. A sure you hate no, so Ryan. well, season two finale is this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, part two of
4: lays the burden. Uh, I think we have a clip, lay down your burden. Mm-hmm. Lay of, down your burden. Part two. You Brief. said that
1: humanity never asked itself why you deserved to survive. Maybe you don't.
4: You want us to surrender? The attack does. Explain to me how our current course of attack and retreat leads to victory. I'm fighting because I don't know how to do anything else. Did you really expect some utopian fantasy to rise from the ashes?
0: So basically what happens in this episode is uh, after two seasons of running from the Cylons and kind of always... What made this show so great was them always on the run, barely surviving. Yeah.
2: A couple of... Cylons are trying
0: to sex them up. Also, if
2: we're talking about Battlestar Galactica... A want a wildly good remake of something that didn't deserve one. Yeah. I think and... the the miniseries or the the, the TV movie mm-hmm. and then the first season is mm-hmm. excellent.
0: Yeah, and most of the second season is quite good. But then starting with this is when they finally like them and the Cylons finally like get caught up in enough. Like they they they, they end up talking a lot and kind of cross pollinating the allegiances yeah. a little. And they end up finally they're always searching for Earth. They're trying to yeah. find home. And then they find a planet that they can actually technically survive on the surface of. So they end up on the surface in this kind of occupied thing where the Cylons are running the show and the humans do have a plan. And it's not bad, but this to me marked when the show really just flies off the rails. Because I think this is Starbuck. I mean, if you haven't watched the show, you've missed 10 years, so it's too late. But she dies at some point here and ends up coming back through magic or whatever just disappears through the cancellation
4: die. of bionic bionic woman yes show. bionic woman you, but
2: this this was a huge phenomenon that one of those yeah. huge phenomenons like Lost, that just completely went away and yeah. I know it has its flaws but at the time this was really powerful television just they, they yeah, were telling tell us they were all the political climate was of such a way where like privacy and security and prison camps and refugees yeah. and uh, an enemy inside of us you're with us or against us mentality yeah, like yeah, this yeah, is all yeah, yeah. Like, like dripping in Battlestar Galactica I don't know that, that I can't imagine that holds up the same way being watched and right now. And you're not
4: living in the Bush administration. Yeah, it doesn't I don't feel want, the I didn't
2: want to put it all in the Bush administration but yeah, that's it. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's, I just, mean, it's, it's we like,
4: like six years into the Bush no, administration totally, at that
2: point. Completely. Like that. Um, yeah, and,
3: I, I admit I haven't watched it. Uh, yeah. It's been on my uh, my list of things to, to catch up on. It keeps moving down and down I'm afraid though. No, yeah, it Is it, it'll it'll never is move it up. worth watching? The
2: first, oh. I would I'd be very curious to check it out. Yeah. But
3: how can you check out first season
2: of a show like, uh, well because there's casually. like a mini there's like a movie
0: a TV movie that leads up to it mm-hmm. and or maybe it was a mini series I can't remember but it's it's mm-hmm. short it's like two hours or something and that's good because it set, establishes a firm premise and you're like cool that's a neat idea for a show oh they're actually gonna turn into a show and then the first episode of the show is so good it's mm-hmm. it's like it's it's called some number it's like the idea is every 33 minutes or something, the silence always, because they're machines, they always find out where the humans are every 33 minutes, no matter where they teleport off to with the warp drives or whatever. And so every... X minutes, yeah. they they can't sleep. Everyone has to be on twenty four hour alert because they know exactly when they're going to have to leave again. But every time they do it, they risk damaging the ship forever. And it's it's this roving colony where that is all humanity. It's yeah. everybody in this one convoy. It's like fifty six thousand people, and that's it. And that's that's all. It's like. you
2: remember the the explanation is that Edward James Almas is a classic dude, and so he wanted to not have the ship interface via basically anti internet. Yes. Like there is no uh, centralized automated hub. Everything is done by humans. Therefore, yes. it cannot be penetrated by yeah. an outside like, signal. So it like, becomes this huh. ship becomes the last vestige of humanity for not plugging in, um, yeah. and they can't find them.
0: Yeah, it's 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 quite it's it's done exceptionally well the first season having, and most of the second. But after this, the show just kept getting into this like I had a vision. It's it hyper melodramatic. It, it starts trying to get really spiritual, which can be which is fine if you want to do that with a show. But it's like they start solving questions totally out of, like, I saw it in a vision. It's like, that's yeah. one of the laziest things you can do. It's like, yeah. I saw it in a vision, I, and therefore that's where we go. But there, there's still the trauma like, there of, like, yeah.
2: well, why would we follow this... this- zealot with a vision yeah. he's like well do you have another option well no sure but there's and, that and there the, the, is part of the drama of the show that, that people do not like this woman and creates and the whole yeah. situation of like the, the two year jump and the prison camp is uh, the prison
0: camp which is what this is and there's the also the, the mystery of like who there might be some humans in yeah, here who yeah. are Cylons and they don't even know it because they haven't been activated yet and then suddenly they hear of all songs Hendrix it's a Hendrix song mm-hmm. uh, and they all they it's all great,
2: it's one of the most moving scenes it's a great show. scene
0: when they when they realize who they are and you're wondering the whole time who are the Cylons and we know some of these people aren't people and that's good but then it also has one of my most disappointing series finales of all time where I'm just Mm, like this is is numerous characters acting completely out of character in my opinion and
4: well I also heard a problem with it was you like in season three or four you'll just get to a very bad episode and you just have to know like yeah I'm just gonna have to if I'm gonna watch them all I'm gonna see a bad a real bad episode I'll just have to stick with it I I mean that's that's also you have to be pick and choose. we did a whole episode about the X-Files you gotta be picky and choosy with X-Files too or you're gonna see a bad episode too we're so used to all these shows now that they they seem to have this like Breaking Bad they're like Mm -hmm. you can't have a Marking Time episode in Breaking
2: Bad but that is Battlestar Galactica fell victim to that because I think it got like the guy what's his name Ron,
4: Ron Taylor, Ron The guy Thomas, who did First Contact. That's not,
2: it's not Rob Thomas. The the guy who did First Contact. Ron Star Moore. Trek. Ron Moore. It had, had a very specific outline for four seasons, but the show was huge, so it got all these weird extensions, like sure. extra episodes. You can get away uh, from you. And those are the episodes you talk. I think people are talking about, the things that, like, well, we... They ordered another ten, mm. and we extended this the four seasons to you know point one and point two, so they could sell another DVD. Yep, uh, yeah. five seasons worth of DVDs for four seasons.
0: And I mean, Ron Moore that had a lot of stuff with Star Trek of like we have to introduce conflict, and it a lot of it becomes this. To me, it feels artificial mm-hmm. conflict where it's like there's only fifty thousand people, but we have an entire pedophile ring, <laughs> and it's like a whole ring. Mm. Like there's so many. There are enough people <laughs> who want this within a fifty thousand people group. To warrant a ship full of kids, like, that are just being, like, slaved out. Like, that's so... Oh, God. It's like, I don't know. I'm just like, I get that that's a strong episode to have of, like, mm-hmm. look at humanity at its worst. Like, mm. y- even on the brink of disaster, we're still monsters. And it's like, that's fine. But I'm having trouble buying that this is the thing that, yeah, like, 50,000 people...
2: Bring up the X-Files. You made me think that, like, Ron Moore and Chris Carter, creative X-Files are kind of the same. Whereas they mm-hmm. had this one groundbreaking phenomena and have never achieved never anything close to that. Else it. Yeah, So there's... they've had so many chances. Yeah. And... It's
4: shocking how many, you, you know, this is something they talk about. Uh, like the, the, I'm just feeling after watching the new X-Files season was mm-hmm. just, if they yeah. could, if they could just take it away. Mm-hmm. I'm usually the person who says, Oh, the originator should keep it all the time. They're the one they, they made it like, don't take community away from Dan Harmon but in the case of of like chris carter the show's better without him chris carter <laughs> makes it worse and is steering him in the wrong directions yeah. and no. it you yeah rod Moore, i think he worked on deep space 9 i uh, mean he
0: he was like a figurehead for a lot of, from next gen through ds9 I voyager that, like he, he and he brought a lot of good stuff to the table mm. it's just i think I remember this need to get away from roddenberry's vision of it yeah that's, turned that's what, it into something else.
4: I read an interview with him saying that's what he wanted to do with Battlestar Galactica, that he had Deep Space Nine, but he's like, we can't get too morally gray or dark. Yeah, and for what it's, it's worth, DS9 visions.
0: does get very good because of things like that. Like mm. it, it, it becomes a very not-Star Trek show, but in a way that in that show makes sense because they're on the fringe, they're on nothing that someone on a starship can even relate to so and with that right show, next I'm like
4: to this wormhole with all these jerks
0: that connected to a situation of constant war so it's yeah. like totally
4: and also sleeper agents who yeah. shapeshift yes as well
0: okay. uh, DS9 is quite good anyway we gotta keep going here Justice League Unlimited really quick a specific episode Henry you wanted to point out yeah it's one of the my great,
4: f- great brain robbery the great brain robbery <laughs> it's, it's <laughs> one of my favorite episodes it's the funny episode every once in a while they'll do a joke yeah. episode on the Justice League show and this is when uh, Lex Luthor tries to infiltrate the minds of the Justice League and get onto their spaceship, their 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 secret. Place, but he only gets into the Flash's mind. So it's a brain swap with Flash. I remember And the Flash wakes up in Lex Luthor's mind, surrounded by supervillains, and he has to pretend (laughs) he's still Lex Luthor or they'll murder him. They find out he's Flash. Meanwhile, (laughs) Lex Luthor has Flash's body, and he's slowly learning his powers and trying to get out of. The like kill everybody on the space station and get out of there and and it's a great acting thing too because the voices don't swap. Oh. So oh. Clancy Brown, Clancy Brown, who plays Lex Luthor, has to play it like
3: again oh, with Clancy Brown, the uh, Kurgan from uh, Highlander.
4: This is the a funny bit where <laughs> clip of him using the bathroom. Yeah, so all these <laughs> villains are starting to think like you're acting weird, Lex, and they have a conversation in the bathroom, and so <coughs> what. You gonna wash your hands no cause I'm evil
0: <laughs> <laughs> just great yeah, I love the that music line. in so the this. background this too. is one of those moments where uh, the thing I remember from this is it's become a gif or like a tumblr thing at this point but it's like Flash and it's Luther inside of it's Luther as Flash and he's looking in the mirror he's like finally I'll figure out who the Flash's secret identity and he takes off the mask and there's a beat and he's like I have no idea who this is.
4: It's just looking. it's just He a doesn't guy. have a wallet on him. So yeah, it's like yep, it's a dude with red it's, hair. It's some you know white know guy. I, mean? I have no idea who this is. I love is. that. I love that moment. There's also a great <laughs> scene where it's a a meeting to th- to, to go over their grand plan mm-hmm. and Lex is just saying like uh, so yeah, I mean, what's your part? I, I i'm not part of this plan that's right i was <laughs> testing you uh but what about you it, it's see it's we really funny. on
0: cape crisis our comic book podcast oh. we we get a lot of beef for uh not talking not talking up the good of dc and you know talking up marvel so much but
4: dc's cartoons are Animation always better vision always mm-hmm. always mm-hmm. better such a great episode written by dwayne mcduffie the late dwayne mcduffie one of the from uh, pretty and pink <laughs> He's a very underrated comic book writer and writer for the t- television shows.
0: Uh, really quick, reality series: Little People, Big World oh my premiere. God. Can we just like,
4: yeah we marking talk, the end
2: I, of the Learning Channel in yeah. full
4: TLC? Uh, mm-hmm. wedding, I mean, Wedding Story, Baby mm-hmm. Story. When you when you look at the, this has been something that has hurt our over. TV discussions in mm-hmm. 2006. Is that it's just shows we didn't watch and a lot of shitty reality shows. But we we got to talk about reality shows sometimes because yeah. this is the. They're their most popular at this what? time. And Big People, Little World, it, the other way around, mm-hmm. Little yeah. People, Big World, it is a family of little people and it's just about their their real life aches and pains of like, how do I drive a car with tiny arms and legs? Why is this my bones aren't growing correctly and this yeah. hurts. This, right. this
3: is part of how like, reality TV could be almost like a documentary type thing and it could be like yeah As I saw some show like that it might have been that one or another one and made me like kind of think about oh yeah there are all these you know different struggles little people have that I don't have to deal with. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. Yeah, I don't or need, is it
2: a Gawker freak show?
3: I don't need the, like the family drama part. So, just, yeah, that's yeah. The, that
4: is the that is the moral quandary of those shows. Like not just mm-hmm. little people, big world, but also like the hoarders honey, or Honey Boo Boo deserves that. Oh, mm-hmm. Fanny, for sure. Poopoo, all that. For shit, sure,
2: yeah. there wasn't a documentary point to it. It was just like, no, let's, just, you want to watch a freak show. Let's yeah, watch yeah. the logo. and yeah. we're showing them,
4: but but then it's on TLC, so they pretend like. We're learning about them. This is a documentary (laughs) about people like, no, we're gawking at idiots. And also, idiots who aren't getting paid what they deserve because they're not actors. They're in these huge hugely popular shows and they're not getting any money from right. it because they're real people and I hate
2: these shows I do
4: yeah. they're the uh, worst but then yeah it, Honey Boo Boo's one of the absolute worst because they, they had to live in squalor because that's entertaining even though they should have been millionaires because they were starring on a major TV show yeah. but then uh, that would ruin the show if they were millionaires uh, yeah.
0: moving on to uh, wrap up here but uh, this sentence alone will we don't have a whole lot of time here, but uh, this week, t- 10 years ago, was the Oscars oh, Academy Awards for March 5th. Crash beats Brokeback Mountain yeah. in a Scientology travesty Is someone, mm. I guess, who wrote?
4: I blamed Scientology for this just because uh, the director, Paul Haggis, oh, was still a member of the si- Church of Scientology at that time. But I the best part of Going so. Clear, the documentary. Oh, uh, yeah, he's he the, is he's very
3: interesting. He's the
4: best turn I'll, for his, but I'll tell Diana, you why.
3: I'll tell you why Crash One over Brokeback <laughs> Mountain. I'll tell you what why. you wanted to do. You wanted <laughs> to cut off the show for a
2: Mr. Show joke.
3: <laughs> I'll tell you why. Because it's a message movie that everybody can get behind. They don't have to feel guilty. And a lot of the older voters even just flat out said, I'm not watching a movie about dudes kissing. That sounds weird. That's crazy.
2: That's and nuts, it's
3: crazy. Brokeback Mountain is a masterpiece. It's wonderful. And the acting is incredible. Crash is the worst best picture winner of modern times.
4: It's yeah. an after school special. Like
3: yeah. what it is. And and it's and it's just like, like, everyone shits on it. It's, it's decently made. Matt Dillon is great in it.
2: Ludacris is really funny in it. Yeah, totally. He is. I there, like, there, no, there are some good. It's like the whole movie should have been about his character.
4: Yeah. I loved mm. his. Yeah. His, his intro scene is one of the funniest of him saying like, uh, Oh, they she's treating us back. She thinks we're not going to tip. That's such a racist assumption to think black guys are not going to tip. It says, but you didn't tip yeah Sandra because Bullock. she was thinking that you know? <laughs>
2: yeah, but I'm not racist am I I only hate Mexicans like Jesus Christ but yeah. this movie is so like did 10 like, years
4: too late to, <laughs> to a cognizant thinking human I being I also did like the bit where Brendan Fraser's character says he wants to award a cop something like I've got this guy named Hussein this this great cop named mm-hmm. Hussein he's like I who say did you hear what you just said I can't give this guy an award like, well did he yeah. know
0: the president in just three short years
4: yeah. didn't director Paul Haggis even say like it
2: did not deserve to win best picture I think that he year he pretty much did Yeah. did it win any yeah. other like actor direct did it win any other awards not
0: much No. no my, yeah,
2: so. I mean it was Brokeback's year it totally yeah, was no, Ang Lee won Ang, for director post Hulk Ang Lee, Lee uh, post yeah. Hulk yeah. Ang Lee. Now, he's here, got to be known for something and here's though. the weird <laughs> thing
3: I actually went back and read some Mm -hmm. People making predictions, and a lot of people predicted Crash was going to be the winner because Mm -hmm. it's an easy one to award it to. I'm kind of surprised not a lot of people predicted uh, Good Night and Good Luck, oh. which I would argue is an easier love. thing to reward. Oh, so yeah. good. Besides the fact that it's really yeah. good and yeah. it's directed by an actor and they mm-hmm. love that, it's it's about Back a social problem mm-hmm. that we don't have anymore so we can look down on people who had it. We mm-hmm. can be like, oh, McCarthy, he's mm-hmm. fucking gross. We're great. We never would have done that. Well, and yeah. it's
4: sort of related to Hollywood with the blacklist yep. Exactly, And it's the kind of like, Old school, like, New Deal liberal type thing of, like, yeah. wag your finger. Like, oh, see, we're... Baby boomer liberals can wag their finger at this. Yeah. Like, they're... They are, like... The the, the Academy <laughs> are a bunch of Hollywood liberals, but they are... They're baby boomer liberals. They are right. not... They're not progressive in the sense of a modern sense of progressivism. Yeah. And if you... And if they're faced with things like intersectionality or white feminism being oppressive you gotta start a tumblr henry (laughs) i i really should i know all the right words to say but the point (laughs) the point is yeah that the crash is such an easy an easy issues film to say everybody's racist like aren't we all though that i think the asians have it worst in that the worst in that movie because they there's not even like a certain level to them that's like they don't get humanized the least they get humanized the least like they're not mm. even they're just people who kidnap people they're human traffickers Jesus. in the movie and, yeah.
2: and it ruined the searchability of David Cronenberg's Crash where yeah. people yeah, get yeah.
3: or get if naked you want to talk about after
2: car accidents if you want to
3: talk about David Cronenberg Crash you have to say oh, oh that that guy was in Crash not that one the other one
2: yeah the good one
3: Good well, crash. I'm I'm not a fan of the other yeah. crash either. I'm, good night, but, and good
2: luck is the movie. I still yeah. when you you make fun of me for owning HD DVDs, I don't want to rebuy it on another platform because I, I love. I good love night, good night, night, good that. Luck.
4: It's a I movie. mean, in the film, it's it is very heavy handed, but the way the film ends of saying like. Uh, people don't want news. They want they want a civics lesson. They want it to be entertained by TV, and then they end with the famous speech by Ike about not giving into like the money, the ca- the mm. business of war. Like him
2: talking about. it. Also out you against want to that. do a YouTube show where I just sit there and smoke the whole time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I miss those
3: newscasters.
4: It's wow. beautiful. I,
3: I do have to mention the other two best picture nominees: Capote and Munich are both Munich. great movies. Those were both
4: great, yeah. And that, that was the year the late Philip Seymour Hoffman finally won his Oscar. Yeah. Much deserved Oscar for Capote. Uh, th- that was lead, right? That was for lead actor. Yep. Yeah, A Forgettable
2: impression movie brought to you by the Oscars.
4: And yeah, look, he no. was overdue. He was over, over, overdue. As we
0: uh, wind down the movie segment, I should point out that the tagline for Shaggy Dog <laughs> was Raise
2: the Woof. <laughs> 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 Uh. Who let this movie out? Uh, The audience. (laughs) Uh,
0: Which brings us to the end of the show, and uh, as always, that means it's time for Oh oh, birthday. Home movies, the birthday song. I love you. Uh, Birthdays in March, fourth through the tenth. Uh, 30 years... Uh, anytime. That's how the birthdays say. Anyone who had a birthday in the past week... Biggie Langston... Wow. Was on, ...was on March 1st and I missed it and I felt bad, so I put him in here. Uh, in this period, Brian Cranston, Shaq, uh, Carrie Underwood, Bow Wow, Chuck Norris, Eva Mendez, Misao Okawa, longest living woman born on this day in 1898 ow, ow. and didn't die until 2013. Uh, man, this song... Great, right? I did do did love it, but it is it is overpowering. Uh, Jake, Lloyd. Jake, is Jake Lloyd, Jake Lloyd, wow, oh, poor yeah. Jake Lloyd.
2: R.I.P. We're recording this in advance. I'm just assuming. We-
0: um, <laughs> uh, it was a few days. Uh, now for the quiz. Ooh. Okay. Born March 5th, 1955. 55. So mm-hmm. not that old. Yeah. Uh, graduated from Barnum and Bailey's Clown College. He's a famed libertarian. Gallagher, according to the wiki,
4: Gallagher, right?
0: No, not Gallagher. Gallagher. Mm -hmm. He's part of a famous duo in Vegas, Pendulette.
4: Pendulette, Pendulette, Ah. wow, is however old that is? Sixty. section. he just lost a lot of weight recently. He, uh, he, it, it was one of those things. If you look at a Pendulette picture now, you're like, "Whoa, what happened to you, Pendulette?" And it was just that he was his doctor. You might think like, oh, he has he has a disease, he has something like. No, his doctor just told him to lose weight, and then he just did it. Yeah, just
3: did. I, I recently watched their new show. The was it Fool Us that was called, yeah, where I, it's yeah, like I
2: can't not watch those. Where YouTube clips. where
3: uh, you know magicians do a, a thing, and then they try to figure out how they did it. Mm-hmm. I I loved watching the magicians, but I wanted them to just tell me, just <laughs> tell me how they did it. I
2: like that they don't. I
3: would love to know. I and like they're that they like,
2: don't. they they say secret code like. Yeah. Do you have, could you do that trick without a twin brother? Right. No.
3: Thank yeah. you. Thank like, you, we done. Was it two decks or three? And he was like, it was four. And you're like, oh, but I want to know where they are. I love are. it. They don't blow up their spot. So no, he also has I a red fingernail. It, but...
0: What? He also has a red fingernail. Mm. I saw this when I was looking up his birthday stuff. But on on his wiki page for him, speculation arises from Gillette's red fingernail on his left hand. Mm-hmm. Penn and Teller official website has three... Common answers why uh, he has this red fingernail. One, it means he won't shot a man for asking personal questions. (laughs) Two, when Gillette first began performing, his mother told him to get a manicure because people would be looking at his hands. In Mm. response to this, he had all of his hands painted red as a joke, or his nails. The one remaining red fingernail is in memory of his mother. Number three, it's just cool and can sometimes provide excellent misdirection.
4: Yeah. <laughs> I did that last one. The voice of Comedy Central. Uh, That's the boy, what it was. Former was voice of ID. Because I became obsessed with those
2: clips, and then eventually you find out, you know, there are 7,000 uh, video interviews conducted by Teller Talking. And, <laughs> the, and the question is always, why don't you talk? It's like, because it makes people like... Pay a pay attention, yeah, and yeah. it's confusing. Yeah, no one knows why I'm not doing that. I,
0: yep. He talks all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's the show. Thanks for listening. You can find more on lasertimepodcast.com dot com! articles other other shows that we do such as the one i host which is vg empire the video game music podcast so if you're listening to this and go i like that
2: mario rpg break
0: brett thanks for playing that song <laughs> then there's a whole show for you yeah, on the- uh,
2: vg and vg empire on twitter if like pop culture minutiae we should have a shame songs episode up for you <gasps> oh, where we discuss boy. the songs we're ashamed of we d- oh. recently did pre-shame songs harder songs that you are ashamed to play in front of polite company that were made before you were born you're not attached to the schadenfreude of that generation but still Uh. embarrassed let's hear it and we play yours Uh, that's coming up real soon latertimepodcast.com
4: there's Mm. Talking Simpsons the weekly exploration of every episode of The Simpsons we are getting to the end of season two here and that includes uh, I believe this week's episode is one of my all-time favorites, Three Men in a Comic Book, where I go <gasps> yes! off on comic yes! books there. I, I go off on comic book history as related to Adam that episode. Bum. And if you uh, love hearing me talking about comic books like I did in this episode, <laughs> listen to Cape Crisis, my comic book show, which includes a uh, history, a brief history of tons of comic book characters. Mm-hmm. At the start of each episode, we just did X-Force, also did Supergirl, Deadpool, Colossus, so many great things. You can see video versions of some of those on youtube.com slash laser time network
3: that's cool and my husband hosts video game apocalypse about video games and stuff if you can hear me pushing my chair back when we start <laughs> talking about video games uh because i'm not a gamer but he sure as hell is Man. we're crossing the geek divide with with our love look at all we um, have yeah and you can do that and also uh i finally joined twitter at listen nerd dot <laughs> no, i almost did it listen nerd where I give out <laughs> classic movie recommendations so I
0: kept thinking you were saying listen a nerd instead it's no. le Cine. le Cine,
3: not yeah. le Cine a nerd he's another guy
0: <laughs> um, but uh, speaking of the shame songs is a preview of what I picked for one of my pre-shame songs As Chris Montez's Let's Dance is going to take us out uh, from whatever year that came out uh, thanks for listening we'll be back next week with more look back 30 years 20 years and 10 years